Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 9, The Dance of Dragons is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. It's the Game of Thrones Book Club. Josh Woo! and Terry back in the house. Back in the his house. Back in the his house. We took T- a little vacation, a little flying vacation. away on Drogon, but now we're back. We're surrounded by strangers, as the synopsis for the finale reads. I just hope that all of the people listening to this haven't just put on their Sons of the Harpy mask uh, and have just started taking the knives out and stabbing, stabbing their way towards us. Well, maybe, maybe for the fact that we've waited so long to actually record yeah, we've this been one. Here. And, and also, perhaps they're now loyalists of Antonio Mazzaro and Jessica Lise, who were our fill-in hosts of the Game of Thrones book of last week. They did week. a fantastic job. They were awesome. It was a really, really great book club. It was actually really fun to actually just get to listen to book club yeah. <laughs> rather than do it. Uh, so, Antonio and Jessica, thank you guys so much. I think everybody really enjoyed that show, and uh, we'll, de- we'll definitely be checking in with those guys again. They've got really great thoughts about Game of Thrones, but we're back here, Terry. You and I have the wheel, and we did. Uh, we we I feel like we missed the wrong week of Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? it, it sucks that we missed Hard Home because that was a crazy, crazy, crazy episode. So we've got a lot to a lot to cover here today. Right. Uh, we're we're coming off of episode nine with Daenerys riding on the dragon, but I definitely I feel like you and I we really ought to talk through Hard Home a little bit as well, and just some of the stuff that's going on there. So Terry, we actually haven't had a chance to connect about it, so this will be our first time talking about it. Which is weird. Yeah, it's I mean, almost two weeks ago, but yeah, I to me it's my favorite episode of the season. Hard I thought home. it was really, yeah, I thought it was really well executed. Uh, I think if I have one gripe with this season, that sort of is across the board. It's the fact that I think that episodes are really poorly put together. It's like they have too many stories and they've gotten lazy and making sure they all flow cohesively. So now like it used to feel like you were getting a full package in an episode and now it's like, well, we have to check in with Arya. We have to check in with Brienne. Like even if it's maybe not the most interesting thing, we don't want you to forget about them. And I feel like having half an episode dedicated to the fight at hard home, let us really get involved in that storyline and, and just get excited about it. And I think that paid off. That seemed to be the general thought about that episode is it was the best one this season because all the action that happened at hard home was really interesting and we got to spend three minutes there yeah one of the interesting things that rob sesternino said on one of the game of thrones live shows that he did with antonio while antonio was was coming in and, and filling in for me was that the episode nine surprise of season five was that it was actually episode eight uh, right. that, that, that the hard home twist was was what you would expect to see out of episode nine but they really uh they really they really screwed with us and it was kind of kind of amazing well sort of going to my point though about how the episodes are put together and this is jumping ahead to episode nine but going from shireen being burned alive to like the story at uh you know with danny and and drogon showing up in the sons of harpy sons of the harpy revolting it was really jarring for me like i needed more time to process the shireen thing and to go to a more triumphant storyline just felt like they didn't quite know how to make the episode flow and then they just stuffed everything together and were like whatever they'll deal with it right so before we even get into this week can we talk a little bit about what we saw in hard home at the battle of hard home first off were you there for any of the filming on this when you did your game of thrones set visit i wasn't but when we were driving 
through um, there's this big quarry where they shoot all like the Castle Black stuff and they shot a lot of Arya and the Hound on their journey and the publicist was telling us okay you guys can't look at what is like in the middle near this lake you know the only way I could get you guys to come is if you promise not to say anything about what you've seen blah 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 uh, and it was because they were building hard home got it so that was as close as I got but at the time I was like is it is it White Harbor is it this is it that and it ended up being something that wasn't even straight from the books and I don't know if I would have guessed it got it okay well well let's dive into what happened there I mean some of the major reveals first off you know just the prerequisite spoiler warning which we haven't given yet is this is the Game of Thrones book club this is the podcast for people who've read the books and watch the show as well and know what happened to the books and we're going to talk about stuff from the books. so if you don't like that get out of here that's the spoiler warning um so here we have the hard home episode the the big difference with hard home was that um John is not there in the books you hear about what's happened at hard home but you do not lay eyes on it we lay eyes on it John lays eyes on it um what do you think some of the big takeaways from this from a book reading perspective are the fact that John meets with the Night's King for the first time what do you think the significance of that is well I think it's really putting a face on this bigger threat that we've long known is out there and we met the Night's King before we met him in season episode four of season four Oathkeeper when we saw him turn one of Craster's babies into seemingly into a White Walker and I think I really liked this deviation from the books because I think it's important at this point towards the end of this story, you know, whether it goes seven seasons, eight seasons or nine seasons, even 10 seasons, we're more than halfway through. And to be able to put a face to the real villain out there, seeming villain, to be able to see what they're capable of and like really understand the gravity of every loss being his gain and the White Walker's gain, like it was humbling considering this season we've dealt with like political issues and people being misguided and we've, you know, gotten hung up on on characters being killed and raped and all these other things. But to see like this is the big picture was important and exciting to finally get to see. And now whether or not that's the same in the books, I mean, I think we know that the White Walkers are a big threat, but George went on his live journal blog and said that the Night's King that he talks about in the books as like a figure of legend is not the same as this White Walker Night's King that we're referring to in the show. Well, Um, he doesn't necessarily say that. Uh, so, so what Terry's referring to here is that on, on George's live journal on not a blog, uh, he did, he addressed the Night's King, you know, he's been, he's been engaging with fans, although he has said like, stop coming to my website to complain about the book (laughs) changes. Please don't do that. Go to all these other sites. Uh, so stop bugging George is what he is, is his message. But he, he brings up the Night's King. He writes, as for the Night's King in the books, he is a legendary figure akin to land the clever and Brandon, the builder, and no more likely to have survived to the present day than they have that's not to say that this isn't the night's king i mean it doesn't mean that this isn't the night's king what it means is it's not likely that he has survived to the present day uh it's not likely that land the clever and brandon the builder have survived to the present day who knows maybe maybe they have maybe maybe they me, have. that, that was... seems unlikely but i mean it seems it seems to me i feel like there is there are some built-in outs on uh his commentary on the night's king here. right and i think i mean people have been speculating on who the night's king is in the books for ever, ever since we first were introduced to the concept of him. And I think that this comment from George doesn't diffuse any of those. I think those might still be fair, but I think what he's 
what I took away from that is him saying like this Night's King hasn't probably, you know, lived forever since the, the maybe, commander maybe of the like Night's a, Watch. Like a title that's passed down or something right, like that. Right, right. Uh, so anyway, like, cause that was our thing where we we're like, oh, that's crazy. The show confirms that he's still there. I think that there will be a similar figure in George's books. I think that of course, the White Walkers have some sort of leaders. And I think the, the four horsemen, White Walkers of the Apocalypse was very intentional uh, visual significance. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily think that this is the same guy who was the 13th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and right. who got kicked out. But, but it was still so cool. It was still, it was still <laughs> really cool. It was really cool to see this character again after seeing him in the in the episode that brought the Game of Thrones book club together in the first place. It was, right. the, it was the first uh, appearance of the Night's King on the show and the and the last time we had seen him until Hardhome. So it was really cool. And him and him and Jon Snow locking eyes. I'm I am wondering about that. And there have been theories. I believe it was brought up on book club last week, but I'm foggy. I'm still a little jet lagged from all my travel. Um, but I but I I've certainly stumbled upon this theory from people that um that could could the Night's King be the person that is going to resurrect Jon Snow after the Stabby Stab gate coming up. I mean we've got the Stabby Stab fun times happening in the finale. We are almost a thousand percent positive on that. Um, Melisandre who a lot of people have thought maybe will be involved in resurrecting John in the books because she's at the wall is not at the wall on the show. So, so I still say there's time for her to go. There's still, there's still, I mean, running out of time, but there's time, <laughs> I guess, theoretically. Um, could it be somehow that the Night's King is going to be responsible for raising John? Like, you know, what's the significance of the fact that they have this really intense stare down? Um, I feel like we could see John fitting into that story in like some sort of sentient White Walker form. Yeah. Which would be insane. It would be so insane. That would because, be awesome. I mean, for a long time, I think. I don't I mean, that would certainly pit him and Danny against one another. Yeah, but may, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe there's a benevolent White Walker. We've been told uh, that the White Walkers aren't necessarily clear cut evil. Uh, like the, yes, that the, and that's my favorite thing about like, cause I'm, and maybe I'm we would be able man. to understand that more if we got that side of the story through a guy like Jon Snow. Um, that could be very interesting. So I think that's that's just one possibility that I really, really like right now that that could be how Jon comes back is as a white walker uh, that still has, you know, some semblance of himself still in there, I think could be pretty, pretty freaking rad, but we'll see who knows. Do you think we're going to see the Night's King again, the white walkers before the end of the season? Um, I'm going to guess no, but I wouldn't be shocked and I would hope so. I would love, I would love to see that, but I I feel like that's going to be it for season five on the white walker stuff. Yeah. We've had like one big episode with them each season, but I hope next season we start to see more like by, by really just showing their full force, their full army, and the fact that Hardhome clearly isn't that far away if right. John was able to get there and back so quickly. Right. Um, I, I hope that they're a presence that we see and feel more and more. Yeah, definitely. And the, the other really big thing that happened here was... Um, the the revelation that Valyrian steel can destroy White Walkers mm-hmm. that was awesome. First off, it just looked amazing, but now we we know that Valyrian steel uh, is a, an effective weapon against the White Walkers. Do you think that that's going to be canon in the books as well? I mean, it must, and it didn't surprise me that much either because it, I there was this great Vanity Fair piece that was like, well, dragon glass, dragon steel, like why not dragon 
fire as well? Like, is it just everything that ties back to the dragons that's going to be fighting against these? Which certainly would make sense considering this is a song of ice and fire. And it just makes you wonder about like, what's the connection between Valyria and the White Walkers? And right. does, does this make you think that the White Walkers are somehow uh, involved in the the doom of Valyria? You know, like you got you kind of have to feel like they they must be connected. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Again, I'm jumping ahead, but the synopsis for um, for the finale reads that Daenerys finds herself surrounded by strangers. And in the books, we know what happens. She ends up in the Dothraki Sea, and uh, um, one of Khal Drogo's former blood riders is now a call, and his Khalasar shows up, and that's sort of her cliffhanger. Right. But I'm thinking about it, and like they've deviated so much on many other things. I would love it if she was dropped in the middle of Valyria. Yeah. Since we know that Drogon was there um, because that's where Tyrion saw him and then you know maybe there are people still there because I feel like there just there just has to be more to Valyria than it being a smoking ruin it's been this big mystery place it was my favorite part of World of Ice and Fire was getting to find out about the fall of Valyria I just feel like there's more to this story involving that location than what has been dealt with like that could be my tinfoil hat no I like that yeah, I, I hope so. That. that that would be that would be rad. Also, the the White Walker that John obliterates is that the the same White Walker that we've seen a few times on the show? Maybe he looks really similar yeah, to the guy with like the longish hair, the one yeah, who took Craster's Craster's baby, all that stuff. But that makes me well, sad. I liked that guy. Yeah. <laughs> then again, they all sort of look similar. They do. <laughs> so wow, that's racist. I know. I'm racist against White Walkers. God damn it! Wow. How dare you? That's terrible. I mean, That's probably, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> His well, character development has just been so strong yeah, it's over the seasons. Hard, hard to say. All right. Well, I mean, Antonio and Jessica did a thorough job getting through Hard Home, but I just wanted to connect with you on that stuff a little bit because I think that what happened there uh, was really amazing, and I hated that we missed talking about it. So I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we got a chance to do that. But we can stick with John. Um, we, can, we can follow John into the Dance of Dragons. Uh, we can follow him into Episode 9 this week. Um, we see he brings the the wildlings through the wall that's happening the wildlings are now south of the wall we know how this is going to work out to a certain extent uh from the books that john is going to get betrayed by the night's watch and alistair thorne even says like your kind heart is going to get us killed and ollie is still shooting daggers at john so that's and john finally notices in this episode that ollie's being a little prick yeah he's figuring it out he's starting to figure it out um i don't i don't know if you know this terry but rob uh really hates ollie I think everyone is supposed to. Does anyone like Ollie? I don't know if anyone likes Ollie. He, if you like Ollie at this point in the podcast, tweet Ollie for Prez. Ollie for Prez. <laughs> uh, but no, Rob, Rob really does not care for Ollie. Wants Ollie off of the show. Uh, we we talked about him on the Game of Thrones feedback show this week and uh, had, a, had a round of ding, marry, kill with uh, <laughs> methods of killing Ollie. Uh, what, what would he choose? Would he ding uh, Ollie being killed by dragon fire or killed by white water? or falling off the wall and he said I don't want Ollie to die I just want him off the show this is uh, a question in from Andy Andy writes in assuming Ollie has a major part to play in the assassination of Jon Snow what do you think Rob's reaction to that will be on next week's recap show his anger at Ollie so far has been hilarious made more so by the fact that we know what's probably in store for the character are you ready for what may be coming Um, and let me just take the opportunity now to say that there is nothing that I am looking forward to on finale (laughs) night more than Rob's reaction to Ollie stabbing Jon Snow. How 
surprised you've not seen it coming, though. It's been the most heavy-handed I don't know. I mean, people who haven't read the books don't necessarily... Um... But I've seen a lot of people online who haven't read the books being like, well, obviously Ollie is going to like do something to John. Right. I don't think that Rob thinks that he's going to actually stab John. I mean, because depending on how the show plays this, they might leave us thinking that Jon Snow is straight-up dead. Right. It's, and... and I mean, we also have to address the possibility that Jon Snow is straight up dead. It doesn't seem likely. It seems like he will come back. There's a lot of there's a lot of textual proof that that supports it. Um, but there's the possibility that this is it for Jon Snow. Uh, and I don't think that anyone who doesn't know that is coming is thinking it would be that severe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to lose his shit and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, it's gonna be really I think the internet will lose their collective shit. So how, how do you think that's all going to play out? How do you think, how do you think the, the big betrayal of John is going to go down as we're starting to move into that territory? You know, we've got, uh, we've got the, the letter from Ramsey Bolton in the books is what drives John to start rallying the troops and going south of the wall. And it's, it's kind of sudden and a little bit jarring in a dance of the dragons to begin with. But on the show, I feel like it's going to be really out of nowhere. Uh, that really has not been John's focus at all this season. He's been so heavily focused on getting the wildlings south and getting ready for the White Walkers coming. And on top of that, you know, it's one thing when it's Arya because John and Arya are very connected from you know their past. They really had a, a great affinity for each other. But John and Sansa, it's not that there's no love lost there. It's just mm-hmm. that John and Sansa don't really have much of a connection beyond you know their shared family um so so what do you think is that going to play a factor in john like saying like let's let's rally the troops let's go help stannis baratheon let's go uh march down on winterfell or what like how is this all going to play out in your head well i first think that sam is gonna leave the wall i think there's no way that this can go down with john there without sam leaving and there's a photo that was released that is john and sam talking i wouldn't be surprised if john was like listen apparently valyrian steel can kill these things i need you to go to the citadel or wherever and figure out what's going down right get some Um, valyrian steel get yeah and just figure it out get out of here especially since there was a leaked casting list uh from next season that supposedly has Sam's family being cast. Oh uh, boy. Which we know it could either oh my. be Brian, Brian inter- intersecting with them as she does. She meets his dad in the books, I believe. Um, and then, or it just could be Sam passing them on a journey, but either way, I think Sam is gone. So you think, so, all right, so we're taking Sam out. You're thinking that Sam is embarking on whatever version of going to the Citadel is it, it's going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and then what do you think in terms of, in terms of a, a letter? I mean, uh, Stannis has sent Davos back to Castle Black for, you know, like come, come help us come, come, you know, work out our, our stuff. So is Davos, is he replacing the Ramsey letter? You think? You know, that's actually something that I'm not sure about. I, I think there could be enough for, John to get a letter from Ramsey that says that he's raping his sister or whatever and John wanting to go. It could be Davos being like Stannis really needs you or something though Davos wouldn't necessarily know that Sansa's there. I'm not quite sure what the impetus will be for for John 
to get away. But I think it goes without saying that Ollie is going to be the one to kill him. hundred percent. I think, I think, um, I think Davos could, could be the guy that's going to pull John off the wall. What, what I think too, if that's the case, if that's how it plays out, then I would expect that there's, there's theories that, um, that the Ramsey letter, uh, is not actually written by Ramsey, but is written by Stannis. Are you familiar with that, Terry? I haven't heard that theory. Yeah, the, the-, the theory is that Stannis, with Theon's assistance, because we know that Theon and Stannis connect after Theon and Jane Poole leave Winterfell, that Theon is basically narking on Ramsey and like sp- helping Stannis speak in his voice with all the intelligence that that he knows about uh, Ramsey, and using that to motivate John to come off the wall and help. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a theory that's been. Online. I think it was uh, first floated out there. The first time I saw it was Sean T. Collins of Boiled Leather. Uh, I, I don't know if he originated that. I think he did. Um, I think that if Davos is the guy that Stannis is sending that's going to get John to come off the wall, that for me, I feel like, if, if not quite verifies that the Stannis writing the Ramsey letter in the books is true, I feel better about that theory than I currently do. I like the theory, but it seems a little complicated. But I feel like if if Stan is sending Davos is going to be the thing that gets John off the wall, that lends it a little bit of credibility for me. Yeah. And I also feel like maybe Stannis with Melisandre, we were talking about this earlier, maybe he doesn't need her anymore and he sends her back to the wall and she goes after Davos. So that does seem less and less likely. All right, we'll see. Um, how do you think that they're going to leave things with John in the finale? Do you think that they're going to leave us thinking that he's dead or are they going to give us some hope? I mean, I've sort of been imagining that it'll happen the same way that it does in the books where you really... It seems like he's dead, but you know better at this point. Um, You know, maybe he's just bleeding out or whatever. But yeah, that's sort of how I've been imagining it. So you don't you don't think that there's going to be any sort of um, like him warging into ghost or him waking up or anything like that? You think that they're really just going to let us think that Kid Harrington is off the show? This is a trick question. Why? (laughs) Because as we've been recording this, there's this leak on Reddit that seems to show a spoiler about what happens to John. Oh, That's really? What we guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. People, we'll leave it there, people, but we'll come can... back to this next week and okay. see if this thing that just popped up. Okay. Uh, okay. So people, happens. people can seek this out on Reddit if they want. Yes. Okay. Go happy hunting everybody. <laughs> or maybe we'll, not. We'll leave it there. All right. So let's, let's, let's segue from the wall. Let's talk about the Stannis thing that happened this week. Stannis Burr Baratheon burned Shireen. That was pretty intense. That is, um, that's a news flash for book readers and show watchers alike, but it sounds like maybe we should be watching for that to happen in the books. Yeah, that's what George, that's what David and Dan seem to be saying is that George tell, told them that right. Shireen dies. Right. So in and the, they didn't in really the, yeah, elaborate. Yeah, they did. You know, they do the inside the making of Game of Thrones videos at the end of each episode and they're online. And uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, the creators of the show, mention uh, the reasons why Stannis does what he does and all of that stuff. And one of the things that they say is like when George told us about this, mm-hmm. which, which indicates that either it's it's George's brainchild to do this on the show or some version of this is happening in the books. And he wouldn't, George wouldn't comment on that. He was like, I'm not going to spoil books that I haven't put out yet, but I thought it was a bit cheap for David and Dan to even say that it was like, they were trying to avoid the blame by saying, Oh, George told us this, but you're now spoiling 
to people who haven't read this book that this is apparently something that happens and not something that right. you came I mean, up with. This is we'll, we'll talk about the plot ramifications and the story ramifications of this, of course, but let's, let's talk about the meta stuff before we even get into that. And what you're touching on is something that we talk about a lot on the Game of Thrones Book Club podcast. And this is a question in from Squidge Mom. Squidge Mom wrote in, can you guys comment on D&D talking about George's role in, the, in this week's sacrifice of Shireen? We've known there would be creative license with the books and that there would be spoilers from future books in the show. But up until now, we have only been able to speculate on possible book spoilers. I'm okay with the books are the books and the show is the show, but I don't know how I feel about the showrunners confirming book spoilers. I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, that's an interesting perspective. Um, you know, we, we do talk about that a lot and I, and that is absolutely my stance is the books are the books and the show is the show and I am okay with the show doing what it's got to do. But is there something to be said for like David and Dan, you got to make the show that you're going to make. You're going to be drawing things from the books, but like outright saying that this is going to happen in the books. Is that a line? Is that a line that they're crossing? Is that too far? I think so. And I think they're just sick of the flack they've gotten from people about the book changes. And I'm sure if from their eyes, they're like, this is all stuff that's coming, but you guys just don't know it yet. Like stop giving us a hard time. That could be really frustrating to them, but it's also not their place. It's not their story. It's George's story. And I don't think that they have the right to give away things that he hasn't told yet, whether or not it, they're happening on the show or not. Right now we're at the point where the show is the show and this, the books are the books. And until Winds of Winter comes out and we find out what has been the same and what isn't, I think that'll be a really interesting conversation to have then. I don't want to be spoiled to this sort of stuff. And I don't know if, if you saw, but Linda from Westeros.org was flipping out on Twitter over this and she was like, oh, if they don't care about spoilers, why don't I just spoil the big finale thing for everyone? It doesn't matter. Yeah, she was like really upset about it. Um, So I think, but I think in this case, like people are right to be upset. It was on an inside the episode thing too. It was for anyone who kept watching could have seen that. And at a certain point we can control when we're spoiled and when we're not. Um, But I think that it it was felt like a scapegoat comment to me like don't be mad at us george did it but no one wanted to know that that was something that was coming okay because then what does that mean about the rest of stannis's storyline is that something that is coming straight from the books as well like and now we're second guessing all this stuff that's getting past what we know and we were wondering if there are spoilers, but if they're saying, yes, this is something that will happen, does that mean everything else will as well? And I don't think that's their right to give away. Interesting stuff. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough topic. And, uh, I, you know, personally, I would rather them not just come out and say, is George, George did it. George's idea. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that does like, and that's really tough to avoid too. You know, when, when they make a comment like that, uh, if you've got an internet connection, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty easy to hear about that so that that does suck but i mean it's gonna get worse you know it's that's that's what we're looking at you know we are here now that's the moment that we're in um we are we are in the moment where these these kinds of things are going to be happening on the show there's no more book to adapt at this point until winds of winter comes out hopefully soon um you know we are we are going to see more moments like stannis burning shireen and i'm sure we're going to hear more from benioff and weiss about why this happens in the story and 
you know, all of that is going to be really difficult to negotiate. And I, I will, uh, I'll throw my lot in with you, Terry, and with you, Squidge Mom. And I will say, I didn't, I didn't love that from Benioff and Weiss. I don't know that they need to bring George into it, especially if they, if they do believe, if everybody believes that the books are the books and the show is the show. Like you don't need to, you don't need to bring Uncle George into things here. I think. Yeah. Um, and all right, he so, does not want to be brought into things. No, he doesn't. Very as he, clear as he has made clear. Uh, so let's let's talk about it then from the. The story perspective, Stannis burning Shireen. What do you? What What was your takeaway on this? What's your What's the Terry Schwartz hot take on uh, hot Shireen uh, burning burning alive? What What were your thoughts? How How bad was this for you? Well, I had had a couple of drinks by the time this scene aired, so I'll preface this with that. But I have Game of Thrones has made me cry twice. The first was at the red wedding, the first time I saw it, and the second was at this. It was horrible, yeah, horrifying sucks. to watch. That was a combination of horrible, horrible, and horrifying. In case you're wondering. Um, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they sort of were setting up to it, but to me, it seemed like a cheap storytelling way to make us suddenly dislike Stannis after making us like him. Like it makes sense within the context of the story in my mind. Like, of course, Shireen is the only King's blood around. He would want to kill her because this has worked for him in the past. Uh, if he thinks this is his only option is doing this, his only choice that he has left to fulfill his destiny. Yeah. Like I could, I could see him doing this, but also at a certain, like people commented on, on posts and this has been the same argument all season. Like, well, Stannis has done this before. Why is now the moment when we don't like him? Right. This is his daughter. In my mind, when we first meet Stannis, like when you first meet his character, he's a very cold man. He is the enemy of people who you're rooting for to a certain extent. Like, I think when he was doing those things, it allowed us to justify our dislike of him. Like he is is meddling in things that we don't understand with the shadow baby and everything like that. He kills Renly, who you like. Like, this isn't a dude that we like, but like the best character arcs on Game of Thrones, he's turned into someone who we do like. And so for him to then go and kill his own daughter, it's it's like if Jamie was to push Bran out the window again at this point in the story. It's like, oh, wait, maybe you aren't the person who I should be rooting for. Or maybe you aren't the best person to be king. And I think that that's really interesting for a story perspective. But for people to make the argument, like, why now? With this, I'm like, this is a character who has evolved, but ultimately remains the same. And I think the remaining the same makes me not want him to be king. Like, I don't want someone who's going to draw that line for the sake of his own power and say, it's okay for me to kill my family and for me to, like, get rid of my own blood just because I think it's, like, the best way for, for me to win the Iron Throne. I don't think Stannis deserves to be the Iron Throne, and I haven't been a Stannis the Mana supporter. I've liked the You're not a fan of show. You're not a fan of I mean, like, I don't hate him. Like, I don't want to see him brutally murdered, I think. Like, you don't I like get, it when he him, corrects he's your grammar. You don't like when he corrects your grammar. I would love it if he corrected my grammar, okay. actually. But He'd be beyond a pretty good that, editor, actually. 
How do you feel though? Because I think you you've always been more of a Stannis fan than I have been. I I've I've always really enjoyed Stannis as a character, and like I I've always really wanted Stannis to like come to a moment of realization that he's wrong and he's not the guy, and Jon Snow is the guy, and like I I've always been curious about like what what kind of decision would he make in that moment. I think that I've said before like I would love to see Lord Commander Stannis. I think that that would be really great. Um, maybe maybe something like this if he goes this far if he sacrifices Shireen if he's in such a desperation move um, if he makes such a desperation move as to sacrifice his own daughter for his cause and then he finds out he's wrong um, maybe that would be the kind of thing that would send him uh, packing to the wall maybe that's maybe that's the choice he would make maybe that is a fate that could uh, be in his future I think that that would be interesting I don't think that it's out of line with what we know about Stannis completely Um, I think that he is a guy who is so devoted to his cause and he is a guy who makes um, calculated decisions that are sometimes super 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 risky um, but the payoff can be huge so I think that this this fits with that like if he's desperate enough if his back is so far up against the wall that he feels like this is the only thing he can do I could see him doing it Um, and I think that we will see him doing it I think I, I do think that this means that this is going to happen in the books but my question is the same as matt campbell's question matt campbell wrote into us and uh, with a sigh writes this um assuming that this shireen sacrifice nonsense will happen in winds of winter how is it going to play out will melisandre do it of her own accord will solis push for it will stannis send a raven and order it will it happen at the wall will the night's watch try and stop it um so th- there's lots of questions about like the mechanics of this how, th- how mm-hmm. this actually happens on the show it makes sense because Elise and Shireen are traveling with Stannis toward Winterfell. On in the books, you know, not only are Elise uh, and Shireen not there, but Melisandre is there. Uh, is at the wall. The three of them are at the wall and Stannis is at Winterfell. So how's this going to work? Is Stannis going to go back to the wall? Is he going to send for them? Um, is he going to, is he just going to send a raven and say, not like make this happen? How, how is it all going to play out? And we also, this is, these are characters we're talking about who are at the wall at a really, really shitty time to be at the wall. You know, this all, all hell is about to break loose with John dying and all of this stuff. So, so how do you think that this plays in the books? How do you think that Shireen getting sacrificed would happen in winter winter yeah i'm still very much of a mind that melisandre brings john back to life maybe if she doesn't do it for stannis's power maybe she sacrifices shireen because that's king's blood and she'll get more power and it will allow her to resurrect john or something like that yeah but i do think i mean we know that stannis is fighting at, at winterfell i don't imagine him turning around and marching back i would guess it would be something that melisandre does of her own volition or maybe with Selyse well, I think, I telling think, her like she should i think stannis has to be involved like i think i think stannis has to be part of the decision making behind this otherwise you know what's what's the point you know what's, yeah. what's the point of all that so uh, to to be, i don't want to think to about it too hard because it'll just make me sad to be determined i'm really curious to see how how stannis plays out both in the books but also in in this final episode coming up you know we still have the boltons versus the baratheons to consider right. um do you think we're going to get a big battle between the two of them in episode 10 or is that gonna, I, yeah. or do you think we would save that for next season I mean, I think that at least Stannis gets to Winterfell, whether or not there's a battle. Maybe that's something that's saved for next year. There's a lot. We've we've talked about this a little bit. There's a lot that needs to happen in the finale. Like every single And it's only it's only line, I think 60, 63 minutes is the runtime, I believe. Yeah, if you think about it no character's storyline has a period on it. They're gonna have to service every single character 
in the finale and probably have a lot of big stuff happen. Um, so we'll see. It should be we'll an awesome episode. I hope so. You know, in, in, in theory, this should be one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones coming up because there is so much business to do. It should be really exciting. And I mean, we know a lot of the stuff that's got to happen, like the Cersei walk of shame has to happen. The Jon Snow thing has to happen. Uh, we know Danny is going to be popping back up. We know somewhere, Arya is somewhere, be popping who back knows? up. Yeah. The, the actresses behind the Sand Snakes say there's like a crazy thing that happens with them this season. Okay. And nothing um, really crazy has happened except like some crazy bullshit. Uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, it's just crazy bullshit. We know there have been photos released of Sansa. There's been stuff released of Brienne. Like, literally every single character needs to be serviced in this episode. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I, th- I think potentially it'll be, uh, it-, it could be really awesome. So who knows? You know, to be, to be determined, to be concluded on Stannis, to be continued. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I'm, re- I'm really excited about that. I mean, what happened with Shireen was flipping awful. It was, it was, it was really, really really tough to watch and like to, to listen to that was the worst part that was that was really difficult stuff but i mean it was shot very well to elizabeth sort of reaction i guess like i can, I can say that about it, oh, it, was, it was even it was even when i went back and you know they showed part of that scene in the inside the episode when i was watching that to hear what david and dan said even then it made me like get emotional hearing her screams and yeah carrie ingram you were too good for oh, us. Oh, she was great. Too good. She was so good. Too good for this world. Um, uh, you, you mentioned Brienne a second ago. We have a question in from Jeff Pittman, uh, the great Jeff Pittman. Jeff Pittman writes in and says, I know she's been doing nothing all season long, but could Brienne become the surprise MVP of the finale? Obviously, this is not in the books, but isn't it convenient that right now the audience has turned against Stannis, the man she already hated most in the world? Brienne is right where Stannis is, waiting for something to do. Uh, do you think that, that we'll get a Brienne versus Stannis encounter or do you think that there's going to be something to that in the finale? I mean, that would be a really nice payoff to both of these people. I mean, I think that there's a reason that we were reminded at the beginning of this season. Oh, yeah. And Bran is mad at Stannis because he killed Renly. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that that is definitely what they're building up towards. I'm really sad that they seemingly wasted her character this whole season. She's just been like, waiting for a candle in the wind. Yeah. To me, one episode does not make a story arc. And, and so for her to just be in a tower waiting since what, like the third episode seems like a waste of a character who's fantastic and well-developed and well-acted by Gwendolyn Christie. But hopefully she gets something and, <laughs> in and, this and, finale. And still, good. I think there, there are probably people who would say, well, it's better than what she does in Feast for Crows. Maybe I used to say that about Jamie, but now I don't think. No, I agree. I don't. I don't. I would not say that about Jamie. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no. It's interesting to see what might happen with Brienne and Stannis. um, That and also, where does Brienne go from here? Well, I mean, yeah. Who knows? We don't really know where Brienne. What's going to happen with Brienne in the books right now? We know that Brienne uh, is leading Jamie to Lady Stoneheart at the end of uh, her story in Dance with Dragons. Uh, That could potentially be fake. So could could something happen here with Brienne in Winterfell? Could she not make it out of this thing? And would that tip us off to what's going to happen with Brienne in the books? I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with here uh, with her here. Also, Jeff Pittman added, uh, isn't it convenient that Brienne is right where Stannis is waiting for something to do unless Lady Stoneheart pops up to stop her, of course. So let's let's talk this through just a little bit. The episode is called Mother's Mercy. Mm hmm. 
Antonio, I believe Antonio and Jessica talked about this a little bit uh, in their in their book club podcast. Uh, could Lady Stoneheart finally emerge here? Could this be where Lady Stoneheart finally shows up? Could Mother's Mercy be referring to Catelyn Stark return as Lady Stoneheart? I mean, I will let you have your dream. I have fully resigned myself to the fact that Lady Stoneheart is a thing that's never going to happen on this show. If it doesn't happen um, here, it is absolutely never happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but maybe. That'd be such a great thing. This is like me doing big, like, shrug emoji. <laughs> smile. Shrug emoji. You can't see it, but that's what's <laughs> happening. I could, see, I could see it in my mind's eye. That's, <laughs> that's all I need. I, w- I would love that. That'd be great. But I, there's still so much else that has to be done that uh, Lady Stoneheart popping up. I mean, that would be great, but uh, there's just so much other business. I mean, I am of a mind that they are saving a big resurrection surprise for John. Right. And, and that, might, that would, about this. yeah, you would think that that would undercut a little bit of the Jon Snow. Thing. Yeah. Like if they like in the books, if they do this at the end of last season or the season before the audience re- is reminded that this is something that can be done to save their ma- favorite main characters. Yeah. And they aren't surprised when Jon Snow dies, they assume that he will live, which I, I think is what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. But if that's the reason why Lady Stoneheart is cut is because they didn't want to spoil the surprise of John being brought back to life, then I don't know. I'm not that upset about it. Um, I still like Lady Stoneheart, but I've learned that the TV show can take things that I really liked in the books and make per- them not as great. Them. Pervert yeah. them. So, uh, yeah. so I'm okay with keeping Lady Stoneheart as we all know and love her to ourselves okay. and not sharing. All right. Sounds good. Um, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to, uh, let's, let's go, go to, to Aria. Let's go to Aria. Let's go to Aria. Um, what's going to happen with Aria? You know, we're starting to get this whole thing with the thin man and now she's got Marin Trant on her radar. How do you see this playing out? Are we going to, are we going to see cat of the canals wake up blind in the, in the finale? Yes, I think so. But that's the Arya cliffhanger. We're going to get a blinded Arya. I think we're going to get some mercy in this finale as well. I think they definitely set that up with Marin Trant. The whole like when Arya goes and seduces. Um, yeah, can who, you, was it Poliver? Can you recap Mercy uh, for for all of us people who don't know? Mercy is the name of a chapter uh, sample that George R. R. Martin released from the Winds of Winter that has been floating around online over the past year uh, or so. Um, mercy is. Uh, uh, is the gift that she gives to Poliver, right? Yes. Uh, so can you can you talk well, about what happened? Well, that's also her name. So yeah. this is this is in the books. This takes place after the whole Arya goes blind thing, um, but we already sort of see have seen part of it in her Poliver showdown last season in the the premiere of season four but basically mercy is a new identity that aria has it's the name of the chapter and she is working with mummers uh the play that they're in is called the bloody hand uh written by fario farrell which i think we can assume is a relative of serio farrell um and so she is like supposed to be in this play and it's it's very much like those chapters with aria where you're she is so absorbed with her personality her new persona she's like very clearly become an uh, understood the culture of the faceless men and become a part of it um but suddenly there it's actually raf it's not Oliver. it's raf who shows up who's one of the men on aria's list um is there with with some people from the from westeros and 
she sees him and like it's just it's so well written i love this chapter i love it as like a standalone short short story but basically she sees him and she like starts speaking to him and sort of starts seducing him or whatever and and they're kissing each other and suddenly she, like he starts to to bleed and he calls for a healer and she is like nope i'm not gonna help you and basically she killed him in like this really subtle way um and then here's it says uh it says mercy mercy happily thinks to herself see you know your line and so do i you think so Arya stark acts asks Rafford the sweetling as she takes the blade from her sleeve. She kills him whispering Valor Morghulis. Knowing that this will be the end of Mercy, Arya realizes she'll miss Diana, Isambaro, and Bobono, but there is no time to think about that now. Mercy still has some lines to say in the play, and she must not miss her own rape. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it's like a, a crazy chapter. I did a terrible job of summing it up, but basically, I think that the element of her going to Marin Trant, playing this character, allowing him maybe to to, you know, get up on her if you will and then killing him since they've established that he likes very young girls in this past episode i think that's going to happen and then jack and hagar the people on the show like, are so horrible i know but i think then jack <laughs> is going to be terrible. like nope and then aria will wake yeah, up blind he's going to give her a thumbs down and that will also sort of replace what happens um with when aria bumps into sam and the the deserter of the night's watch and she kills the deserter right in Bravos, and that's what prompts her to lose her sight in Feast. Right. So, so Jessica Lees, who is one of the hosts on on uh, the Game of Thrones book club, last week she wrote in. She um, uh, had some thoughts on the whole Arya thing. She says one thing that we didn't have time to get into last week, which ended up being even more expanded on in episode nine, was Arya's story arc. It looks like we're now compressing three episodes of her faceless man training into one. Marin Trant standing in for Darion in Cat of the Canals and Raph and Mercy, and all of this is happening while she's on her first assignment to kill the evil insurance guy, which happened between those two things. Do we think that that means we aren't going to get that whole sequence where the kindly man strikes her blind as punishment, therefore she never wargs into the cat, therefore we don't get any warging from Arya, and what does that mean for warging in the series as a whole? It sure seems like apart from Bran, Oral, and a couple of assorted dream sequences, nobody ever wargs around here. Warg, 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 that's a weird word. <laughs> that's actually closes it, which is hilarious. It um, is weird to me that they've pretty much cut all the warging from the other Yeah, Starks, that's, that's the aspect of the question I want to focus on is uh, is do you think that we're going to see Arya warging? Um, it feels like no, right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think so. You know, we haven't gotten her wolf dreams season. or anything real. Yeah. I, but did we? I, I feel like did we ever get a wolf dream from her? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Yeah, um, yeah. They've they've. And she hasn't fought much of Nymeria since they said goodbye way back when. Right. So that seem we seem to be out on the warging with people in the Stark family not named Bran. Yeah. Um, That's and maybe, sad. That makes me sad. Maybe we'll get some John at the, the end of the season. Who knows? Uh, cool. Maybe they'll sort like slowly have that be a part of the story again. But it is strange that that's something that was pretty much entirely cut. That was a fairly important subplot in the books that these are all characters who have this ability, whether or not they know it. Right. All right. Let's let's uh, let's leave Bravos. Let's go to Dorne. We have to. 
We have to talk about Dorn. Um, and this is something that uh, I hadn't even really been thinking about, but this is something from Chris Oliver. Because, I mean, a lot of us have been wondering, what the hell's the point of Dorn this season? It's, it hasn't really gone anywhere. It's been spinning its wheels. But really, the truth is, Dorn kind of spins its wheels in the books until it doesn't. Um, <laughs> and this is a really interesting point from Chris. Chris writes in, here's one good thing that might come out of Dorn. Prince Dorn has suckered everyone, including book readers. I'm surprised so many commentators have assumed the Dorn story is wrapped up in a neat package. It's clear to me that Doran stole the necklace and sent it to Cersei to get a response. Then to whomever she sent, I don't think he knew it would be Jamie. He would feign ignorance, blame it on Ilaria, and then proclaim his loyalty to Tommen. In the finale, he should reveal his master plan. I'm not sure what that will be, but it will involve the Targaryens somehow. If I'm wrong and all he wants is to get his son on the council, then Doran will be the worst thing to happen to a great TV show since Nikki and Paolo. Um, so, so what do you, what do you you think of this idea that we are being long conned to borrow from lost uh by the by the doran storyline by prince doran do you think that he's going to drop a bomb on us in the finale i i didn't think so but that's a great he makes a great point <laughs> right but then i saw this interview and i don't remember where it was but one of the the girls who plays the sand snake said that there is something crazy that goes down in the finale. So I've all but given up hope on Dorn, but maybe there's going to be something that justifies it. I mean, in the books, the, the cool twist is that Doran has been working this whole time to get Quentin to marry Daenerys and, you know, get the Targaryens back and and get these people into power. Um, But I don't think that's what they're doing in the show, especially by sending Tristane to the small council. All right. Um, so, so I'm, I'm going to put we'll my see. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on for a second. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a call. I'm going to plant the flag here, and we'll see how right or wrong I am. I'm going to say that his plan. I'm going to say that there is a plan. I'm going to say that Doran is going to drop some bombs on us in the finale, and I'm going to say that everything that Chris is saying so far is right. That he sent the necklace. He wanted to get a response from the from the crown. Um, um, and he wanted Tristane to be on the small council. And I think somehow he is going to have Tristane has been like working with Doran to get to this point. And Tristane is going to somehow betray the Lannisters and Marcella and everybody. And Tristane is going to be set up to be betrothed to Danny whenever Danny lands in Westeros. Interesting. And I think like Tristane is going to be in on it. And I think yeah. somehow the Sand Snakes will get uh, brought along for the ride. Or at least a uh, Sand Snake. Yeah. I uh, I would be on board with that. Just thinking out loud. I don't think it would justify how shitty the season has been, but for the, it for, would for be Dorn, something. How shitty it's been for Dorne. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, I do think that the Dorne storyline has been by far the weak point of the season. And I think even a really cool ending um, isn't going to completely save it. But at least, you know, at least it'll mean something. I mean, this is best case scenario we're talking about, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's, all, that's all we really got to talk about. With Dorn. Good. I don't want to talk about Dorn anymore. Let's talk about Marine. Let's talk about Marine. Let's close out with the way that the episode closes out. Terry, you were wrong. I was wrong. We never established what was going to happen or did we? I don't remember, but I'm wrong. just going to say you have to have a mustache again. 
Okay. Uh, I can do but, that. But do, Are we going to record the, the uh, final I, one on, yeah, we'll, we'll figure, on video? We'll, we'll figure, or I'll just have to wear a mustache. If, if not, we'll just like have you post a picture or something like that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, you thought that Danny flying away on Drogon would be in the finale. I thought it would be penultimate. Here we are. We're talking about Danny flying on a dragon. I was right. You were right, but did it live up to your expectations? I really liked it. I mean, this is another thing that we talked about on the feedback show that some people thought that the CG was a little wonky and that it looked a little never-ending story. And Rob thought that those were like high-class complaints. And I tend to agree with Rob. I didn't think mm-hmm. that it looked that bad. Uh, I think that the the power of the moment, the emotion of the moment, certainly triumphs uh, the, um, you know, it, it comes out on top when stacked against the quality of the, of the CG. And I thought that the quality was fine. You know, I, I I think that typically the quality on on Game of Thrones is pretty good. So I didn't have a problem with it. Some people did. It sounds like you did, Terry. Um, I just thought that the actual scene of her flying... Like you, it was not seamless to me, if you will, and it didn't help that I was watching with people who were laughing at what they thought was the worst thing uh, the show had ever done. Uh, so really, biased, they thought it was but, the worst thing that the show. Well, had okay, ever done? no, I, I'm editorializing a little bit, but they thought that it was a bit silly looking. Uh, I did not think it was the worst, but to me, what made it was the look on Tyrion's face after yeah. she flew away. Like he was like, "This is why I'm here," um, and and just. Going back to that line that Jorah said to Tyrion before about how he used to be a cynical man. And then suddenly when you're faced with a young girl who has dragon babies, like how can you be cynical anymore? And I think Tyrion finally after this low, low season for him, um, he's hit that point and he's like, okay, yeah, I can get behind this. Like I believe now. Um, and to have all that conveyed in one look, at least to, to me, that's what I took away from it. I thought it was really impressive. And that was the moment that I'd been waiting for. It wasn't just her flying away. It was, you have Tyrion here, make use of that. And they did. Although the still that came out for next week's episode is just him, Dario and Jorah sitting right, around being that. sad. Yeah. Well, Jorah's always sad. He's always, Jorah's sad. always sad. Uh, what do you, what did you think of the way that the whole Mirina scene played out the fighting pit scene? How did you, and like the betrayal of the sons of the harpy coming out and all. I thought stuff. that was excellent. I thought that was just so well done. And no I, locusts. Like, no locusts, but still, like, the Sons of the Harpy... For no all Strong Bell was. I know, I know, I know. Shitting himself you and writhing in pain and food poisoning. But I think, you know, for all the hokey little conversation about who will win, that it was cute, but to me just didn't feel right in the episode there right after Shireen died. I thought the reveal that the Sons of the Harpy were behind her the whole time, like, just having them all come up, I was... I was chilled. I was like, this is great. These are the moments when Game of Thrones can just be so great. Um, I was surprised his star died, though. Is he really dead? Is uh, that just part of a plan to make us listen, think that he's not? Listen, this, the is, this isn't Scream, okay? You know, this isn't like um, killing. Yeah, it's Game this of isn't, Thrones. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't stabbing Billy Loomis and making you think he's dead because Billy Loomis is secretly one of the two killers. Spoiler alert for the people who haven't seen <laughs> Scream. You should have seen that by now. Um, it's not that. They're not faking. They can't. If that's what they're doing, that's really cheesy to me. That would that would really bug me. I, I take this to mean that his dog was on the level but was a doofus uh yeah and you know he just he just dies the doofy death um i think i think that's really that's really all i'm getting out of what happened to his dar and i think that it, it means that his dar will just get torched at some point in the mirini is not in uh the winds of winter here is my question for you 
did his star and Danny ever actually get married? I don't think so. No. Show? no, I don't think so either because people kept referring to him as her husband. And I was like, I don't think that ever actually happened. Or if it did, it was off screen and very poorly communicated. Uh, agreed. If that happened, then it was. Uh, so if anyone has an answer my out there. So, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't so. think so either. Uh, but I no. saw a lot of people referring to him as her husband. And I was like, oh, did I miss something here? But it seems to me, though, that this means that uh, his star is just, you know, basically nothing in the books, right? Like he's just going to amount to very little, I would, I would think. Yeah, though, I s- sort of felt like he was a red herring for whoever was leading the whoever was the harpy. Anyway, because I think in the books, at least I ended up not feeling like his star was their leader, even though at first you feel like he is. Right, 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 right. So what do you think is going to happen with Maureen? Um, there's still a lot of business to deal with it in the books at this point that we're at one episode left in season five. Are we going to, we've been chainsawing through this Miranese knot. Are we going to chainsaw all the way through in this finale or are we staying in Maureen for at least a little bit of season six? Well, I think that a lot of the Sons of the Harpy died by by Drogon's breath. Uh, I would love it if the finale showed us who is leading them. Like, what are are Jorah and Tyrion and Dario going to do? They can't just sit there and be sad and marine this whole time. We know that Danny goes away. Inevitably, I'm sure she will. But return. I feel like there aren't a lot of like culprits for like who's the who's the master of the Sons of the Harpy on on the show. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like the books is, are obviously really interested in that, right. um, but the show doesn't seem like it's that interested in it unless there is a reveal that his dar is the guy and this, Maybe is, it's a, Dario. And this is a ruse. Maybe it's Dario. I <laughs> guess that's not impossible, uh, but that would be really dumb. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I and also we need to see Grey Worm again before the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. You would think so. You would think so. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know how interested the show is in like. I don't whatever think there's going to be a battle of Marine. Yeah. You don't think there's going to be a battle of Marine at all? No, there's no real setup for it other than the descent within the city. So what does this look like? I mean, do we have? Does does Tyrion free the dragons? Do they go dragon back and uh, find Daenerys and they all go to Westeros together or something like that? Oh, could you imagine if Tyrion flew on a dragon in the finale? That would be, be incredible. incredible. That's too soon. <laughs> They're giving us too much. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's, right, he's, further, right. he's further along in the story right now than he is in the books, you know, so right. Tyrion's future is very uncertain to us. We have no idea where Tyrion will wind up in the finale. I bet someone will free the dragon, the other two dragons in the right. finale. Maybe it'll be Jorah. Maybe he'll sacrifice himself. You think that he'll get Gwen Martelled? Maybe. Uh, I mean, of right. the characters who are there, it would be the three of them, or I guess... I think Dario is the one I could see the easiest getting Quentin Martelled. Yeah. And because because Jorah, has the, Jorah has the grayscale. He's filling out the John Connington cootie spot right now, and I feel like uh, I feel like you gotta get Jorah in his grayscale to Westeros. Yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, I'm really, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I, I am not quite sure what the lesson is supposed to be from Danny's storyline this season because they've danced around whether or not she's a good queen, but haven't really landed on anything. And essentially, she's failed in Marine. You know, she had to be rescued at the last minute by a dragon. She 
wasn't a good queen there. The people rose up against her. She would have died if he didn't show up. So what does that mean to her? Is she going to realize that? Is she going to realize that when she goes to Westeros, that like these are the mistakes that she made? Right. And this is what she needs to do to be a good queen? Or I'm very, I mean, this is a question for the books as well, but I'm very interested to see where we go from there. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too for sure. And I'm going to be so sad if George doesn't get out wins by... (laughs) before next season. Uh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Uh, let's hear somebody else who could potentially pop up in Marine or he could pop up in King's Landing. Who knows where he'll pop up. This is a question in from Natalie Kuchik who wrote, I don't want to put too much stock into this, but on IMDb, it shows Varys is going to be in the finale. How do you think he will reenter the series? Uh, we know in, in the books at the end of Dance with Dragons, he shows up and he assassinates Kevin Lannister. Um, we know Kevin Lannister is back in King's Landing based on what we've heard in, um, in recent episodes. Do you think that that's going to happen here do we think that Varys is going to pop up and kill kevin i would love that but do you think that oh i also think that we're going to get robert strong in the finale oh yeah yeah, yeah. of course of course how how could we not (laughs) that would be that would be really annoying if we didn't i think i think that i think that that yeah i mean we know that the walk of shame is going to happen um so i think it's not a leap to think that the walk of shame will end similarly as it does in the books where she will like be greeted at the end of it by kyburn and robert strong uh i think that that will happen here yeah. Uh, as for whether or not we see uh, Mountainstein, as I've seen him referred, uh, whether or not we see the mountain, you know, rampaging and ripping King's Landing apart and all of that good stuff in the finale, I don't think we'll get that far. Uh, but I think that we'll get uh, Robert Strong. I think will make his appearance in the finale. I think so. And I think we'll see Varys pop up again, whether it's and you think, Kevin. Do you think it'll be King's Landing or do you think it'll be somewhere else? Um. I think it would either be King's Landing or Marine. We know he planned on going to Marine. He just went a different route than Tyrion. Why wouldn't he still try to end up there? Okay. Um, trying to think of like what else we haven't talked about that is going to be playing a role in the finale. Like what still needs to be resolved? What about Littlefinger? What What do you think we're going to get out of Littlefinger? Ooh, I forgot about Littlefinger. Yeah, it's, it's hard I to mean, I hope- forget about Littlefinger, but he's been gone for a minute. I know. I hope that he makes a play. Maybe he and Varys will team up. Maybe Varys will kill Littlefinger. That'd be cool. I mean, I'd be sad because I don't want to lose Littlefinger this early, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous going into episodes like this where I like really, we don't know where any of this stuff is going to go. What it sets up here is all pretty much unknown for us, book readers and show watchers. I love it. Like we're, we're hitting the end of dance with dragons, except for maybe Aria. Um, and that's, that's a scary place to be. Yeah. It's a horrifying place to be. It's kind of amazing though. Well, I want to hear other people's predictions, other people's tinfoil predictions. So what should we, what should our hashtag be for people to send them into us? Uh, what should our hashtag be? What did you say? You said, uh, uh, horrible. That was a, well, that was it. Ollie for Prez was a different hashtag. Ollie for Prez, Ollie but you is said, your favorite character. You said horrible at one point in the episode. I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so hashtag horrible h-o-r-r-i-f-l-e if you got here and also we'll just we'll just close out here by saying um we we got a we got a, a couple of questions about this this is this i'll read the one from uh, a listener named marcello or actually someone who might not be a listener yet uh marcello wrote in and said josh said on the latest game of thrones recap episode that after next episode the book readers will lose their advantage if that is correct will this be the last season of the game of thrones book club podcast Terry, well, I think we can confirm that that's the case. That this, next week's episode of the Game of Thrones Book Club is our final episode of the Game of Thrones Book Club podcast. Forever? Just kidding! 
You jerk. You had me going for a second. Oh, really? No, of Come course on, not. there are two more books. Two more books. Hopefully, Wins is going to be coming out uh, before season six. Regardless, we will continue doing what we do here. Baseless speculation. You all uh, would miss us so hor- much. Horrible, horrible predictions. We will we will continue. We will come back and we will we will do it again. Um, we'll write our way. own book so that, that we can have that be the book. Yeah, we'll do that some book club Game of Thrones fan fiction club is what we'll, <laughs> what we'll have. Uh, that, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how exactly it manifests, but I think that watching Game of Thrones without knowing what's coming up next is going to be a very terrifying tightrope walk, but potentially really cool. I think there's been aspects of that this season that I've really enjoyed not knowing where the show is going. So there will always be something to talk about, and ideally we will have Winds of Winter to talk about next season. And I will say that there was a leaked season six casting call that seemed to hint that we might get the Iron Islands next year, right. which case we would still have that to talk about. And they've never established that Balin Greyjoy is dead, dead on Game of Thrones. No, so I think he's alive we'll on keep, the show. We'll keep this going. Oh, what do you, what do you think? Dies. What do you think um, we're going to get with Theon and Sansa in the finale? Like, do you, are we going to get them out of Winterfell? I think we've got to, and I think you know they've they've had this build up to is Tyrion or is Theon gonna help her out is he not um I think that he's got to and I think that ultimately they've sort of done her whole rape storyline a disservice if only because they haven't had the time to spend on her uh there are a lot of characters on this show and a lot of masters people, to serve yeah yeah um and I think that's just you know comes comes with what Game of Thrones is. Uh, but I feel like they really need to do something in the finale, whether it's killing Ramsay, which I know a lot of people hope happens, or, you know, her and Theon escaping, or just something. Some combo, to, yeah. Yeah, for, for it to be worth all the horrible things she was put through. All right, and here's, here's another question for you. Um, why is the episode called Mother's Mercy? Hmm. What's your prediction? What do you think that that is going to speak to in the finale? What is Mother's Mercy going to refer to? Um, well, Mother's Mercy being the walk of shame. Yeah. Um, Danny is a mother. Danny is a mother. She's a Misa. Maybe, Misa's maybe mercy. She, maybe she kills Drogon because mm-hmm. he's dying or something. Um, or maybe there's something that goes on with the dragons. And I hope something comes from Celise and her guilt that at Shireen dying, we saw at the last minute she changed her mind. Um, that's going to put her in a rough place. She just allowed her daughter to be burned at the stake as she was screaming, mother, help me. Yeah. So yeah, those are my three okay. mother guesses. Maybe there'll be another shadow baby. Mm, and his name will be mercy. Yeah. Mercy the shadow baby. <laughs> I would love that'll that. Get, that'll get confusing. Oh, I- and then mercy, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah, in the- mercy as well. Yeah. I'm hoping it's Lady Stoneheart. It's a really climactic ending. I'm hoping it's Lady Stoneheart. I think that would be cool. All right. Well, the next I'll time, my fingers the next time we talk, Terry, the next time all of us are, are together with the Game of Thrones book club, we will be looking at uh, the season five finale. We'll be able to pick apart everything that happened. Uh, we will be able to look into the future a little bit and, and talk about what we think might come up in season six and all that good stuff. So I'm really excited about all that. I am as well. All right. Follow- and it's only a couple of days from now. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Follow Terry on Twitter. She is at Terry underscore Schwartz. I'm at Round Howard, like Ron Howard, but Rounder. We will be back uh, next week with another Game of Thrones book club talking about the finale. It's all happening. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.